0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to be covering chapters 36 through 38 in the book of Exodus. And before we jump into it, I wanted to start off with a quick prayer for today. Lord, we come before you today in need of your healing hand. In you, all things are possible. Hold our hearts within yours and renew our minds, bodies and souls. You gave us life and you also give us the gift of infinite joy. Give us the strength to move forward on the path you've laid out for us. Guide us towards better health and give us the wisdom to identify those you've placed around us to help us get better. In your name I pray. Amen. Alright, we'll get right into the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 36. The Lord has gifted Bezalel and and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct the furnished and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work they went to Moses and reported the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So, pe- so the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Building the tabernacle. The skilled craftsmen made ten curtains of finely woven linen for the tabernacle. Then Bezalel decorated the curtains with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and with skillfully embroidered cherubim. All ten curtains were exactly the same size, forty-two feet long and six feet exactly six feet wide five of those curtains were joined together to make one long curtain and the other five were joined to make a second long curtain. He made 50 loops of blue yarn and put them along the edge of the last curtain in each set. The 50 loops along the edge of one curtain matched the 50 loops along the edge of the other curtain. Then he made the edge of the other curtain. Then he made 50 gold clasps and fastened the long curtains together with the clasps in this way. The tabernacle was made of one continuous piece. He made 11 curtains of goat hair cloth to serve as a tent covering for the tabernacle. These 11 curtains were all exactly the same size, 45 feet long and 6 feet wide. Bezalel joined five of those curtains together to make one long curtain, and the other six were joined to make a second long curtain. He made 50 loops for the edge of each, long, each large curtain. He also made 50 bronze bronze clasps to fasten the long curtains together. In this way, the tent covering was made of one continuous piece. He completed the tent covering with a layer of tanned ram skins and layer of fine goatskin leather. For the framework of the tabernacle, Bezalel constructed frames of acacia wood. Each frame was 15 feet high is 27 inches wide with two pegs under each frame all the frames were identical he made two of those frames to support the curtains on the south side of the tabernacle he also made 40 silver bases two bases under each frame with the pegs fitting securely into the bases for the north side of the tabernacle he made another 20 frames with their 40 silver bases two bases under each frame He made six frames for the rear, the west side of the tabernacle, along with two additional frames to reinforce the rear corners of the tabernacle. These corner frames were matched at the bottom and firmly attached at the top with a single ring, forming a single corner unit. Both of these corner units were made the same way. So there were eight frames at the rear of the tabernacle, set in sixteen silver bases, two bases under each frame. Then he made crossbars of acacia wood to link the frames. Five crossbars for the north side of the tabernacle and five for the south side. He also made five crossbars for the rear of the tabernacle which faced west. He made the middle crossbar to attach halfway up the frames and ran all the way from one end of the tabernacle to the other. He overlaid the frames with gold and made gold rings to hold the crossbars. Then he laid the crossbars with gold as well. For the inside of the tabernacle, Bezalel made a special curtain of finely woven linen. He decorated it with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. And with skillfully embroidered cherubim for the curtain, he made four posts of acacia wood and four gold hooks. He overlaid the posts with gold and set them in four silver bases. Then he made another curtain for the entrance to the sacred tent. He made it of finely woven linen and embroidered it with exquisite designs using blue, purple, and a scarlet thread. This curtain was hung on gold hooks attached to five posts. The posts with their decorated tops and hooks were overlaid with gold and the five bases were cast from bronze. Chapter 37 Building the Ark of the Covenant Next, Bezalel made the Ark of the of acacia wood, a sacred chest, 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, 27 inches high. He overlaid it inside and outside with pure gold, and he ran a molding of gold all around it. He cast four gold rings and attached them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Then he made poles from acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He inserted the poles into rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. Then he made the ark's cover, the place of atonement, from pure gold. It was 45 inches long and 27 inches high. He made two cherubim from hammered gold and placed them on the two ends of the atonement cover. He molded the cherubim on each end of the atonement cover, making it all of one piece of gold. The cherubim faced each other and looked down on the atonement cover. With their wings spread above it, they protected it. Building the Table Then Bezalel made the table of acacia wood, 36 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 27 inches high. He overlaid it with pure gold and ran a gold molding around the edge. He decorated it with a 3-inch border all around, and he ran a gold molding along the border. Then he cast four gold rings for the table and attached them at the four corners next to the four legs. The rings were attached near the border to hold the poles that were used to carry the table he made those poles from acacia wood and overlaid them with gold then he made special containers of pure gold for the table bowls ladles jars and pitchers to be used in pouring out liquid offerings building the lampstand then bezalel made the lampstand of pure hammered gold he made the entire lampstand in and its decorations of one piece. The base, center stem, lamp cups, buds, and petals. The lamp stand had six branches going out from the center stem, three on each side. Each of the six branches had three lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms complete with buds and petals. The center stem of the lamp stamp was crafted with four lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms complete with buds and petals. There was an almond bud beneath each pair of branches where the six branches extended from the center stem, all made of one piece. The almond buds and branches were all of one piece with the center stem, and they were hammered from pure gold. He also made seven lamps for the lampstand, lamp snuffers, and trays, all of pure gold. The entire lampstand, along with its accessories, was made from 75 pounds of pure gold. Building the Incense Altar Then Bezalel made the incense altar of acacia wood, it was 18 inches square and 36 inches high, with horns at the corners carved from the same piece of wood as the altar itself. He overlaid the top sides and horns of the altar with pure gold, and he ran a gold molding around the entire altar. He made two gold rings and attached them on opposite sides of the altar below the gold molding to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold then he made the sacred anointing oil and the fragrant incense using the technique of a skilled incense maker here in chapter 37 uh, the first nine verses high expectations are difficult for anyone to cope with even for people with a great deal of ability It is quite common for supremely gifted people to never approach their potential because they fear failure. The craftsman, uh, Bezalel, did not allow the high expectations laid upon him to hinder his work. Because God had filled him with his spirit and given him unusual skills, he willingly used his gifts to glorify God not only in building the tabernacle, but also in teaching others. Bezalel's life is a good example for us to live by today. Chapter 38, Building the Altar of Burnt Offering Next, Bezalel used Akasi wood to construct the square altar of burnt offering. It was seven and a half feet wide, seven and a half feet long, and four and a half feet high. He made horns uh, for each of its four corners so that the horns and altar were all one piece. He overlaid the altar with bronze, then he made all the altar utensils of bronze, the ash buckets, shovels, basins, meat forks, and firepans. Next, he made a bronze grating and installed it halfway down the side of the altar, under the ledge. He cast four rings and attached them to the corners of the bronze grating to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles from acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. He inserted the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar. The altar was hollow and was made from planks. Building the Wash Basin Bezalel made the bronze wash basin and its bronze stand from bronze mirrors donated by the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. Building the Courtyard then Bezalel made the courtyard, which was enclosed with curtains made of finely woven linen. On the south side of the curtains were 150 feet long. They were held up by 20 posts, set securely in 20 bronze bases. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. He made a similar set of curtains for the north side. 150 feet of curtains held up by 20 posts are set securely in bronze bases. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. The curtains on the west end of the courtyard were 75 feet long, hung with silver hooks and rings and supported by 10 posts set with 10 bases. The east end, the front, was also 75 feet long. The courtyard entrance was one of the east end flanked by two curtains the curtain on the right side was 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three ba- bases the curtain on the left side was also 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases all the curtains used in the courtyard were made of finely woven linen each post had a bronze base, and all the hooks and rings were silver. The top of the posts of the courtyard were overlaid with silver, and the rings to hold up the curtains were made of silver. He made the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, a finely woven linen, and he de- decorated it with beautiful embroidery on in per- blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It was 30 feet long, and its height was 7.5 feet, just like the curtains of the courtyard walls. It was supported by four posts, each set securely in its own bronze base. The tops of the the posts were overlaid with silver and the hooks and rings were also made of silver. All the tent pegs used in the tabernacle and courtyard were made of bronze. Inventory of Materials This is an inventory of the materials used in building the Tabernacle of the Covenant. The Levites compiled the figures as Moses directed and Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest served as recorder. Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah, made everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He was assisted by Aholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, a craftsman, expert at engraving, designing, and embroidering with blue, purple, and scarlet thread on the fine cloth. The people brought special offerings of gold totaling 2,193 pounds as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This gold was used throughout the tabernacle. The whole community of Israel gave 7,545 pounds of silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This silver came from the tax collected from each man registered in the census. The tax was collected from 603,550 men who had reached their 20th birthday. The hundred bases for the frames of the sanctuary walls and for the posts supporting the inner curtain required 7,500 pounds of silver and about 75 pounds for each base. The remaining 45 pounds of silver was used to make the hooks and rings and to overlay the tops of the posts. The people also brought the special... The people also brought a special offerings, 5,310 pounds of bronze, which was used for casting the bases for the posts of the entrance of the tabernacle. And for the bronze altar, with its bronze grating and all the altar utensils, bronze was used to make the bases for the posts that supported the curtain around the courtyard. The bases for the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard and all the tent pegs for the tabernacle and the courtyard so here in here in chapter 38 <clears throat> in uh, verses 21 through 31 the dollar value of gold, silver, bronze and other materials used to build the tabernacle would be mind-boggling. But the value of the materials used does not reflect empty extravagance or showiness. It only illustrates how precious and valuable the presence of God really is. We can see here that the people's faith had surpassed the point of hanging on to the material things. They were beginning to learn to trust God as they shared the wealth he had given them. So in today's reading, yesterday we left off with Moses telling the people what was needed to build the tabernacle where God would dwell in their midst. And God said anyone who wanted to could contribute. Today we open with God putting intelligence and skill into the craftsmen so they can build the sanctuary just like he wants it. Many people bring donations and they're dropping things off every morning. They're spring cleaning their tents like crazy, so much so that Moses has to tell them to stop. God over-provides here. This reveals that they seem to be truly repentant. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says God's kindness leads us to repentance. And he has certainly been kind to them in sparing their lives after that golden calf debacle and in renewing his covenant with them. Some of today's lengthy passages may seem redundant, since we must read about this a few days ago. The point of this repetition is to highlight that the people who just rebelled against God are actually following God's instructions to the letter. Don't miss that. We'll have plenty of opportunities to be frustrated with their sins. So let's just take a moment to enjoy and appreciate this rare moment of obedience. It might be boring, but it's glorifying to God nonetheless. There are often meaningful details we fail to notice in passages that feel dry. For instance, each of these pieces of furniture and even the way they're arranged in the tabernacle in the shape of a cross paint a divine picture for us all of this the tabernacle and its furnishings and all the rituals associated with it is all just a shadow of the good things to come according to hebrews chapter 9 verse 1 through 10 verse 18 this is a foreshadowing of Christ each piece of furniture symbolizes some aspect of our relationship with god the brazen altar, which is the first piece we encounter outside, represents the sacrifice of Christ. The bronze laver, which is the wash basin, represents being washed clean. The table of showbread represents feasting on the Word. The altar of incense represents prayer. The menorah, or candlestick, represents the light of the Holy Spirit constantly aflame in us. And of course, the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat, where God dwells, represents his presence with us. They also parallel the six days of creation followed by a day of rest. There are seven pieces of furniture, six of which are work-related, and the seventh and final piece is the Mercy Seat, on which God's presence rests much like he rested on the seventh day. When you're reading about these pieces, try to remember not just their function, but what they symbolize as well. This tabernacle and God's presence are worth it all to the Israelites. They donate their plunder. They melt down their shekels. They weave fabrics and craft curtain rods, all so Yahweh can dwell in the midst of them. Surely you recognize yourself in these people a little bit. You've probably had moments of rebellion and golden calf parties, and you've probably also had moments when you would have given away all your best possessions if it meant the nearness of God. Based on the way you're spending time in his word right now, you're probably closer to the second place than the first. You're here listening to this and even recapping what many would consider to be a very dry passage of scripture. It reveals a lot about what God's doing with that lamp stamp in your heart that continual fire of the spirit burning even when you can't detect it. He is here with us drawing us near even on the days when there seems to be nothing flashy about him even in the spaces that feel routine or humdrum. He's in the ritual and he's in the ordinary. There will probably be days when the priests are mixing the incense and slaughtering the animals. That they don't feel any closer to God than they did beforehand. They may wonder if it is really even doing anything. But they keep at it. Trusting beyond their own understanding that doing these things over and over really does serve some kind of purpose. Even when they can't see it, they trust his word. And I hope you do too. Drawing near to God, bit by bit, will always be worth the slow days. Because he's where the joy is. for a reading today I just wanted to leave you all off with a daily devotional once again bask in the luxury of being fully understood and unconditionally loved dare to see yourself as I see you radiant in my righteousness cleansed by my blood I view you as the one I created you to be The one you will be in actuality when heaven becomes your home. It is my life within you that is changing you from glory to glory. Rejoice in the mysterious miracle. Thank me continually for the amazing gift of my spirit within you. Try to depend on the help of the spirit as you go through this day of life. Pause briefly from time to time so you can consult with the Holy One inside you. He will not force you to do his bidding, but he will guide you as you give him space in your life. Walk along, walk along this wondrous way of collaboration with my spirit. Amen. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Bible Podcast. I hope you all have a great day. God bless each and every one of you.